Bad habits are a pain. They can be a real affliction, which we've all suffered from at one point or another. Bad habits come in all shapes and sizes, be it that we procrastinate, we gravitate towards unhealthy relationships, we overeat due to stress, whatever. Ultimately, they are all bad for us, our progress and our self-contentment in the long run. In this episode, we look at some bad habits and how we unpick them so that we can get ourselves on a much more productive, self-loving path. Hey, Matthew Norrie here, host of the Happy Habit Podcast, uh, talking health and well-being. We do it every Monday and Thursday, broadcasting to over 110 countries and counting now. And thank you if you have already subscribed. Do consider, please, sharing so that more people like you can get to hear this podcast series. So initially, let's have a look at the anatomy of a habit. A habit has three parts a cue, a routine and a reward. So the cue is something that prompts a response in us. The routine is the response we engage in and the reward is what we get for performing the routine. So to take a really simple example, a cue can be stress, our routine can be stress-related eating and our reward is the comfort we feel from eating. Okay, so what we are concerned with today is how we break this three-part bad habit up and, in fact, use the anatomy of a habit to actually help us. So the first step to addressing a bad habit is to be aware of it in the first place and conclude its negative implications for you. So say someone is a stress eater and has found that they have beaten a daily path to their fridge and as a result have put on the pounds. Until that person accepts that they are firstly overweight for them and that their habit of overeating is contributing to this, they won't begin to address the bad habit at all. Once we are aware of a bad habit and its consequences, we can work backwards to see if we can figure out what prompted the bad habit in the first place. Overeating can be a coping mechanism for when we are dealing with stress. We find emotional comfort in the food we consume. It gives us a rush of endorphins and glucose and is only ever another bite away. Food is especially attractive because when other things in our lives feel out of control, we can gain control over the amount of food we put on our plates and into our mouths. When we get a good feeling from consuming, it's natural that the more we do it, the more we want to do it. And the vicious cycle continues. Now, you can substitute alcohol, drugs and even exercise for food here because we can overdo anything. Even activities that on the surface of things look like healthy pursuits like exercise. Ultimately, the advice, as ever, is to seek that of a professional, especially when a reliance on a behaviour or habit becomes really destructive. It is, however, possible to address less serious cases of bad habits ourselves by using our awareness and changing our behaviours. To use the overeating analogy again, I had a friend who, after breaking up with his girlfriend, sought comfort in food – 
He would eat late at night, mainly takeaways, and nibble on crackers in work all throughout the day. When his weight crept up, he was aware of his newfound reliance on food for comfort. So he addressed this bad habit by cutting all takeaways out of his diet completely, and instead of bringing crackers in to work with him, he brought carrots. He figured if he felt the urge to snack, then at least he could snack on something healthy. He also started walking to work instead of driving, and pretty soon he was back to his old healthy weight and back on the dating scene. But his bad habit of comfort eating wouldn't have been addressed had he not looked himself in the eye and made himself aware of his behaviour in the first place. Another bad habit for many of us is that of procrastination. We seek to control our worry about doing a particular task or chore by putting it on the long finger. We distance ourselves from the anxiety-laden activity. We buy ourselves some time before facing it. But this is only ever temporary relief because it's still looming over us in the background. It's like when you go on a date with someone and, well, you didn't quite hit it off as well as you might have liked and, out of courtesy, you decide you have to tell the other person. Look, it was nice to meet you, but... Telling someone that you're not interested is not nice. It's not nice for you and it's not nice for the other person, especially if you realise that they are keen on you. So we invariably put it off. We buy ourselves some momentary relief by not making that call or by not sending that text when we know we should. But all the while, the deed looms large in the back of our minds. Eventually, we know we have to do that dirty deed. Now, I'm using breaking bad news to a date as an example, but we could apply procrastination to anything, be it running errands or work project or a gym session. Knowing the negative effects of procrastinating on us is half the battle here. Procrastination is a bad habit that brings with it anxiety, which is ironic considering we use procrastination to put off an anxiety-laden act. Procrastination is also laden with another companion, and that is guilt. We feel guilty for putting off the inevitable, and our self-esteem takes a hammering as a result. The only way to conquer a bad habit of procrastinating is head-on. Take no prisoners. Do the deed that needs doing. Send that text message. Do that pile of laundry. File that report. Once the dreaded task has been grasped, you instantly take back control. You are in the driving seat, which boosts your sense of self-worth. You now have the power over the act that was causing you worry before. Here's a bad habit we can all relate to moaning and complaining about things. Hands up if this is you, because it's definitely me. Certainly lately, anyway. Constantly giving out about things around you is draining. It's draining for you and for those who have to listen to you. First of all, why do we complain in the first place? Well, it stems from us trying to place order on and control things in our world. We criticise, let's say, service in a restaurant for being poor because it has fallen below high standards we set of that service. 
Now, service can and will fluctuate. It's human nature. Nothing is perfect. But when we are habitual in our criticism, when it's repeated and when we are nitpicking, then that says more about us than it does about the standards of service we receive. The bad habit of constantly complaining about imperfections in everything says more about us than it does about the imperfections. Again, this stems from us trying to put order and control on things that we can't. This will only ever lead to more frustration on our part because you can't control everything around you. That's just ridiculous. Instead, we have to accept the only thing we are in control of is our own mindset and attitudes. We have a choice. We can choose to complain about that thing we see in that moment, or we can choose not to complain about that thing we see in that moment. We can also address this bad habit of criticising everything by placing ourselves in the shoes of those people who spend time with us. We can be brutally honest and ask our friends and family to be brutally honest with us. Do they enjoy our moaning? Seeing yourself from the perspective of other people who share your space can be a very sobering act and a great way to begin addressing bad habits that up to that point we might have blindly indulged. As we said earlier, ultimately a habit has three constituent parts, a cue, a routine and a reward. Often the way we combat or eradicate a bad habit from our behaviours is to substitute a good habit in its place. In respect of moaning constantly, we can choose to actively seek out something we choose to compliment instead of complain about. This forces us to change our perspective and behaviours. Similarly to when we replace snacking on crackers with carrots. We use the inbuilt makeup of a habit, essentially against itself by adopting a new, healthier habit. Habits take work and constant application. This applies to bad habits and good habits. We all have the innate ability to acquire habits. This is how the brain works. But we can take advantage of this brain function to replace the bad with the good. But we can only do this if we become aware of and maintain our awareness of our cues, our routines and our rewards. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 